This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. Hey everyone, as part of our continuing summer series, we're looking back on some of our previous episodes. Last year, I sat down with Leah Diagnostics co-founders, Bethany Edwards and Anna Couturier to discuss how they decided to revolutionize the home pregnancy test. In case you missed it, we wanted to share some highlights from that interview with you. Welcome to the show, Bethany and Anna. Thank you for having us. Yeah, We're excited to be here. Great. Well, I love one of the taglines of, of your product, which is not your mama's pregnancy test, <laughs> which of course kind of gets at the fact that, you know, the first home pregnancy test became available in the, in the late 70s and not much has changed since then. So how did you and the rest of your team kind of decide to come up with this entirely new approach to the home pregnancy test? Yeah. You know, Leah is an earth-friendly healthcare company and we're on a mission to revolutionize reproductive health through the development of innovative products. And Leah's obviously our, our first piece doing that. And it had a really integrated approach. This was part of research while we were at the University of Pennsylvania, which is where we met. And I've always had a passion for you know the relationship between a woman and her health and really have believed that it's sacred and private and shouldn't be shamed in any context. And so that background was, was definitely part of the inspiration. But oddly enough, I mean, the other piece of this really came from the, the idea that temporality and the fact that single-use plastics like pregnancy tests, you know, single-use diagnostics, they're only used for a few minutes and everything that they're made out of plastics, glass fibers, nitrocellulose, these things do not biodegrade. So how could we better match up new materials with the life cycle of the product? The fact that nobody have innovated in the form factor in over 30 years was just mind-blowing to us. And we knew that there had to be a better way, a better solution, something that could provide uh, sustainability, you know, Pregnancy tests account for over 2 million pounds of plastic waste in the U.S. each year, which is enough to stretch from here to the International Space Station and back about seven times. There's obviously a demand on the sustainability side. And then on the privacy side, I mean, we spoke with hundreds of women, one-on-one interviews, you know, who hasn't kind of thrown some of these in the trash and hidden them in the trash. And we know that 92% of women value privacy when they're testing. And so what could we do to overlay this unmet need around privacy as well as sustainability? And that's how we got to the idea of let's make it paper, not plastic. Also just inspired by this quote from Richard Fry, in which he said, we should be making products to be so disposable as opposed to focusing on trying to make them recyclable. And so that just changed my mindset in the way that I thought about product design and commercializing products and just this idea that there's such a power in the materials that you choose. And if you could design them with that in mind, it has the ability to truly allow for biodegradability. That was kind of the very initial inspiration into this. So just to give us kind of a comparison to traditional pregnancy tests than plastic pregnancy tests, what's kind of the waste footprint difference? I mean, you guys are zero plastic. Is there any kind of figure that gives us kind of an idea of the difference? We went through and purchased the top pregnancy tests based on retail data. We took them all apart in our labs 
we weighed all of the components, you know, did an analysis on how many tests we know are purchased per year, also based on industry retail data. And we're able to calculate out the 2 million pounds of plastic waste just in the U.S. In the U.S., it only accounts for about 30 to 35 percent of all global pregnancy test waste. And you talk about the way that the innovations that have happened are actually detrimental to the environment, right? Yeah, the innovations that have happened have been digital. They've added digital components to the tests. And what they're doing is these kind of intense little like computer screens. They have optical readers that are reading the exact same test strips as the analog plastic-based tests. I mean, and nobody's recycling these. I mean, you can't recycle this kind of stuff. You know, more than 91% of plastics in general aren't recycled. But I mean, like, you have to pull these things apart part if you even want to try to make an attempt at it it's kind of wild so just in terms of the diagnostics then uh, does your test work in the same way in terms of kind of hormone detection that a traditional one would it does yeah it's still detecting hcg which is the pregnancy hormone so in that sense it's still very similar to existing tests it also reads like an existing test in the sense that you know it's one line is a negative and then two lines is a positive so that's pretty standard in most lateral flow diagnostic tests i mean we did have to create some new formulations to make stuff work on our substrate and new ways of dispensing all of the chemistry. It's a lot of material science at work. And how important is this idea that that you already mentioned, but this idea that the life cycle is so short, you know, it's, it's a product that's used for, you know, a couple minutes and then it has such a big waste footprint. Should we be thinking more about about that generally? I personally think so. I'm really fascinated by what's happening with with material science and the fact that it can be kind of the next industrial revolution. I think that what's happening with people finding ways to use more natural or plant mineral protein inspired materials truly stands to kind of eliminate the plastics and create a lot of new solutions and consumer packaged goods. And we're starting to see some fabulous stuff happening with biomanufacturing, sustainable manufacturing, you know, people growing mushrooms and using mushrooms. I mean, us using cellulose and paper-based solutions. I mean, I think that there's something that's, that's really powerful about what's kind of going on. And it is stemming from this idea of sort of a circular economy or a 360 life cycle or, you know, how can you truly use materials and what we know now about materials and biomimicry to design for the product's intended life cycle. I I think it's important also that for products like these that are so important to people, you know, it's a small snapshot of your life that you're actually taking it, but it's a momentous experience regardless of what you want the outcome to be. First, I'll just take a side note. Some people do save these tests. And as you may see on some of our marketing, you can save the test as well. You know, it's designed to biodegrade, but once dried out, it will live and not biodegrade if you scrapbook it or frame it or put it in a card. But there's importance in thinking about things in a way that you're not overcomplicating them. You know, at this point in someone's life, they need to know an answer. They don't need a computer screen and batteries and excess plastic and glass fibers and all this junk in order to get the answer yes or no. You know, that's what you need. That's what's important. And so I think there's a real importance in just thinking about the way we make products to 
do what they're supposed to do and just not be overcomplicated and get to the point of what the user needs. I think the other important piece there is we are also offering this level of privacy that nobody else can offer because of the fact that it is paper-based, it is able to be flushed. There's there's a lot of empowerment with that, right? I mean, we know that there's sometimes shame in taking these or in purchasing these. And like one of the big things from a mission standpoint for us is to pull that kind of shame out of it or the ability to have an open dialogue about it. I mean, we chose the name Leah purposefully because it's not clinical. It's warm. It's kind of open. You know, our packaging design, everything that we're doing from a branding and marketing standpoint as well is to try to foster open dialogue and to encourage the frequent use and purchase of these tests because, you know, we know that testing early and often provides women with added benefits as well. And so by kind of reducing that potential friction around privacy concerns or just seeing a bunch of tests pile up in the trash, and we know that um, even women who are struggling to get pregnant and are going through IVF and going through a lot of these tests, seeing a bunch of them pile up in the trash is, is heart-wrenching. And it's also like it's private. You don't necessarily want somebody knowing that you're taking that many tests. And so yeah. to be able to add that additional privacy element is really powerful in the design of these devices as well. Yeah, no, definitely. This episode of World Changing Ideas is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. Anna, one of the words that you used that, that struck me was was momentous. This is like kind of a momentous occasion for a lot of women who are taking tests. I expect people who take a pregnancy test, they need to trust it. They need to feel like they can trust it because it is such a big deal. How do you persuade people to use this novel product when perhaps they have a lot more trust in what's come before? You know, I think, um, and Bethany, you can take it over from here, but I think the first thing is these are medical devices that we couldn't sell this without FDA clearance. So the process of getting clearance through the FDA is presenting loads of data comparing two pre-existing devices on the market that are standards of care and showing that the data matches, the performance is the same. So that's something that we couldn't even be selling this product without. And then the fact that we can support that 99% accurate claim from the day of your missed period, as well as it is the same underlying technology that Bethany spoke about. It detects the hormone HCG in your urine. So it's the same device. It's just biodegradable, water dispersible, and private. Yeah. You know, I've personally probably used or tested um, thousands, maybe tens of thousands of these at a certain point. I think Anna too, I think between the two of us. <laughs> well, I have a I have a 16-month-old that I found out about by using uh, using one of our tests during the development process. Oh, wow. So yeah, uh, <laughs> and we have um, we've learned way more about urine than I ever thought I would when we when we started on this. I, I mean, I never thought that would be part of the whole process, but inherently yeah. it, it is. Are there any fun facts you want to drop for us? Oh or? yeah, yes, I'm going. I'm going to. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. We can talk about this a lot because Anna and I have have gotten probably way too much um, urine on our hands. 
literally. Uh, so we maintain, literally, yeah. yeah, we maintain a massive frozen and refrigerated collection of urine samples that we get from a fertility clinic uh, in a couple other clinics that we have a good relationship with. Obviously, all anonymous, but we come in, you test the samples, you take the specific gravity, you take the pH, and you run all these different samples on devices. You know, it's it's really interesting if you drink coffee all the time, you can really jack up your specific gravity and your pH. So um, one time we were looking for a sample that we needed both of those. And so I just drank coffee like all, all day, like two, two days basically in a row. <laughs> Uh, to use my sample for it. I have actually some samples of negative and positive urine in my fridge right now, now that I'm thinking about it. I hope the containers are marked really well. They are marked. Okay. They are. They definitely are marked. And you would be, you'd be surprised by the wide range of colors that urine has. I think that was one of the other things that has, has kind of fascinated me. And right. uh, I mean, we've got lots of stories about this. I'm curious what you would add. Yeah, I mean, well, we do have my urine up to, I think, mm-hmm. maybe 24, 25 weeks of pregnancy stored, as well as early on in the development process, I actually set up a toilet on a platform with PVC piping out the bottom in my basement so that we could actually photograph and take data of the way the test behaves throughout the flushing process as it leaves, leaves your home. And so that was an installation in my home for a couple mm-hmm. of years until we moved. And now it's in my new home, but separated until it's needed again. Wow. <laughs> yeah. that's, I mean, that's a great point. There were studies, there are a whole bunch of studies even related to flushability that are third party yeah. related that you have to do all these different like tests and clearances. So, so yeah, Anna learned a lot about um, toilets. in the backyard for a little <laughs> bit until I was, I was kindly encouraged <laughs> to put it in the basement. Wow. <laughs> See, science can be fun, kids. That's right. And and you can make it artistic, too. It's this whole STEM theme thing. Yeah. If these were the kinds of science experiments I was doing at school, I think maybe I would have become a scientist. But <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's always a way to figure out how to do something. Right, right. <laughs> and, and you can always come back to being a scientist. Oddly enough, I mean, prior to working on this research at Penn, I spent 10 years in advertising and marketing. So you'd be surprised how much science and things you can learn from just reading patents in uh, academic yeah. journals. And then a lot of just, you know, learning sure. by doing, us mixing weird things that we probably shouldn't have been <laughs> mixing, and baking them in our <laughs> ovens. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much Bethany and, and Anna for, for being here appreciate it yeah thank you so much for having us in um, we're just we're really delighted to be able to share this story with others and be the first zero percent plastic pregnancy test that is available trying to disrupt the whole you know don't find any of your your mother's or grandmother's pregnancy tests in landfills <laughs> chances are if you were born before the 1980s your mom's plastic pregnancy test is still somewhere here on earth right. in the landfill right <laughs> right just a, an early relic of you <laughs> that's right just an early relic of you <laughs> fun fact it's somewhere still here in a landfill um but, but really on a mission to try to change that and and, um, shake up not only the shelf but obviously the category great well thanks again thank Thank you so so much. much